It's the Shiesty Show. I'm your host, Matt. We're back with another episode. This is episode 27. Episode 27, man. So we we, we sticking and moving. We doing it. Keeping this thing, trying to keep it going. Have this thing uh build up. Got a fan base following me on Spotify. So thank you to everybody that listens. If you don't know, this is the Shiesty Show. Where we talk a little bit about everything and anything. Uh, nothing's off limits here at the Shiesty Show. So let's get right into it, man. Episode 27. Uh, got my notes. First thing I want to talk about is definitely you already know. It's that time of year. It's football season. Uh, Raiders season hasn't been looking too good. You know, the defense is definitely playing lights out. Uh, they're keeping us in a lot of games. But uh, as far as the offense goes, no type of rhythm. Got the best receiver, one of the best running backs. You know, Hunter Renfro has, I would say, no more than 10 catches so far for the season. Uh, somebody has his, his caliber, man, that's a waste of talent. Uh, you got Michael Mayer, the young rookie. You know, he's starting to come on as well. So uh, there's just too many weapons there to not be having a good record right now at this time of season, three and five. You know, in, in, in all honesty, uh, nine, eight, nine and eight sounds good. If they only can lose two more games, you know, they can possibly sneak in with 10 and seven. But that all really depends on how hard they're going to play and how good Aaron O'Connell is going to play. I think for the defense, Max Crosby and them guys, um, them guys are going to show up. They're going to do their thing. Just give me a second real quick. Them guys are always going to do their thing. Max Crosby, you've seen Peters take a pick six to the house uh, this last game against Detroit. So the defense has been holding their own. Spillane been coming on. You know, he's a good addition to the defense. Um, Nate Hobbs, uh, Nate Hobbs coming back as well. I thought that was uh, really great for the defense um, for him to come back and Amik Roberts. Um, you know, he's only 5'8". He was actually the one that had the game-winning touchdown uh, interception uh, in that Green Bay game. So, you know, at 5'8", he, he, but he, he's tough to handle, man. He's a good corner. So him and having uh, Hobbs come back in the slot, I think that's really helped their defense as well. Um, he, he's all over the place, too. He's another good tackler like Spillane, just around the ball. Brings a lot of energy to the team. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day... You had went out and got Jimmy G. You got rid of Derek Carr. And I don't say Derek Carr uh, to be a, to a, be a uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he was at least better than this. You know, I can honestly say that I was riding for Jimmy G uh, when he first got to the Raiders just from the fact that he was able to take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. But at this point, it looks like it was just the team around him was able to carry Jimmy G and mask a lot of the stuff you see now with the Raiders. They're overthrown balls, missing wide open uh, receivers, missing Adams on a couple plays where he could have probably scored and changed that game in Detroit. But it is what it is. That's you know that's the guy we rocked with. I rocked with him. Um, he's getting benched now. Uh, Aiden O'Connell will be starting the rookie, uh, fourth round pick for the Raiders. So. Um, at this point, I think it's a solid move. I think at this point, 
you know what you get with Jimmy G. Uh, he's not going to be the guy for you going forward. And it's time to let the rookie, you know, get out there and get some reps. And, you know, like I said, it's it's a slim chance they can skate by with a 10-7 and seven record. Uh, but he's got to play lights out, and this is his opportunity right here to see if he's going to be the future of the Raiders. This this is what it really relies on right here because if not, they're going to go and take one of their higher first picks in the draft and go get a quarterback. Um, ultimately, I think that's the plan, but it, is, it really depends on how good Aiden O'Connell can come in and ride the ship. Uh, Antonio Pierce becoming uh, the head, interim head coach. Right now, uh, former linebacker for the Giants. Uh, I, I actually remember this dude when he was in the Super Bowl uh, when they beat the Patriots, when the Patriots had that 20, what was it, 17-0 and or 18-0 and record. Um, was it 19? It might have been 19-0. 2007. Man, what a long time ago. But Antonio Pierce was a linebacker on that team, was always a dog. He's going to be the new uh, Raiders head coach for the meantime, try to ride the ship. I do believe with him being a player and understanding players, and uh, I think he'll be able to bring the locker room together. Will that change the season much? Depends on wins and losses. We'll see. But uh, right now that's the right move. They fired Josh McDaniels. They also fired the NFL, uh, the Raiders GM, Dave Ziegler. Uh, just – his time in Denver, he they got they we smacked the Broncos and that's when Derek McFadden had like four touchdowns in one game. That was Josh McDaniel's team. And the word was that they didn't practice hard the week before. Was it that game? Yeah, I think it was that game. There was reports to how they didn't take the Raiders serious, and uh, they came out there on Sunday and got beat 59-14. to 14. And there was reports of him maybe taking the Raiders lightly and, and dudes not practicing up to par. Uh, I remember them talking about that in that game when that was going down. Uh, Tom Jackson even talked about it afterwards with Chris Berman on his show NFL Live, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, when I heard those reports, it just – it never sat right with me, obviously, because they're playing the Raiders. But I just was never a big fan of him. And then he had the whole uh, cheating as well in Denver, right, when they had their 6-0 and start the year before. You know, I know there was something with that going on, too. He just – I don't know, man. I just thought from day one he was never going to be the guy for the Raiders. But you got to rock with what your team does. You hope he could – bring some change, some winning because he's coming for the Patriots. But so far, every stop he's made, he's hasn't finished out his, his contract with these teams. So, but you know what it is, what it is. Josh McDaniels did get us Adams. That's probably the best move that he made as uh, the Raiders head coach and, and really calling things there for the Raiders. Um, getting Adams, now you just got to feed him and keep him happy, man. And I, and I think this Aaron Aiden O'Connell kid would do that. I think he's a little bit more of a young gunslinger, and he'll let it go. And uh, with a guy like Adams, he might be covered. But he's so talented, 
And I think that's why he's so frustrated about the game right now is that he's so talented to go and catch on two or three people, you know, uh, make these spectacular catches even as he gets a little bit older and uh, a little later down the career, uh, down the line in his career. But he's still great and he can still do those things. And I, I believe that's the frustration that he has right now with the team is that Jimmy G's a little too safe. He's a game manager. And the Raiders, honestly, in my opinion, they're not good enough to just have a game manager. To me, Jimmy Garoppolo is like Trent Dilfer when he played for the Ravens. Only difference is the Raiders' defense is good, but they're not that good. You know, Jimmy need, Jimmy G needs everything going right for him. He needs the running game to be good, his defense to be good, all his receivers to be good. And uh, he had a, a great team in San Francisco. And I also think he has weapons with the Raiders. Like I said, you got Adams, one of the best in the game. You got Renfro, which a lot of people respect in the game. He's just not getting his shine. Uh, Myers is, is coming along as a, a great number two. That's probably the be- one of the better pickups of uh, the whole NFL. And that's just not me being biased. That You know, that guy's tore it up. He's actually probably has better numbers than Adams right now. Uh, but a lot of that comes also from playing with, you know, one of the best when you play with someone like him or Randy Moss or T.O. Uh, a lot of those guys are going to get double coverage, a lot of double teams, a lot of chances for uh, other people to make plays. So, you know, he's having the benefit right now, but he, he's he's come along. And, he, and I always liked him in New England, even when he did make that play to us, uh, Chandler Jones, last year where he threw that interception. Um, but – you know, other than that, he he's he's been a he's been a great receiver for the Raiders, and and that was a solid pickup, as well for McDaniel's to bring that guy. And he's probably one of the Patriot players they did bring in that actually did some work for us. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's out of there. Let's move forward. No more going backwards. I don't want to hear about John Gruden anymore because I honestly think when John Gruden came to the Raiders. That was started the downfall all over again. The Raiders climbed their way out with Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio. And those two two guys for the Raiders that don't get a lot of credit. Reggie McKenzie deserves a lot of credit, man. He went and got Gabe Jackson, which is one of the best O-linemen. He still plays. He's on the Seahawks now. He got Gabe Jackson, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. They had a couple whiffs as well. But just those three players alone right there are star players pretty much in the league right now, except for Gabe Jackson. You know the old linemen don't get no credit like that. But if you watch football, you pay attention to people on the line because they're the ones that make the ship go. Um, But, you know, as far as McDaniels and and Ziggler go, uh, they came from the Patriot tree, didn't work, move on. Like I said, it started with Gruden coming in and, and blowing that whole thing up with those guys and, and it, it kind of trickled down to McDaniels because instead of keeping Rich Passaccia who had took the Raiders to a playoff record after that whole season you know I think a lot of people look at the Raiders as not going to be able to compete just with the things that were going on people getting arrested Henry Ruggs having uh, killed somebody you know with with speeding with his car um 
just the the, the Jack uh, the John Gruden emails getting leaked. It, it was just haywire, and that guy was uh, able to come in, put the team on his back, gave him great leadership, and he uh, got them to the playoffs and actually competed against Cincinnati. And that's the play when they blew the whistle. If you go back to that game, that that shouldn't have been a call to touchdown because Joe Barrow stepped out of bounds and they blew the whistle. And you know, but of course they like to always screw the Raiders over, so they gave him that one. But that was actually the touchdown that made the difference. Um, and that's the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, Rich Passaccia did a great job. And instead of giving a guy that brought your team together and giving him a chance, they went with the big name, Josh McDaniels. You know, everyone calls him the offensive guru. Um, and, and, and they took a chance on him. It didn't work out. So, you know, they move on. And, and we're Raiders fans, we move on. And um, I honestly think the turning point was Monday night when Adam slammed his helmet on the floor. I honestly think that sent a message to whoever is in charge. I need change or I want out of here. You know, a lot of people want to keep saying Adams doesn't want to be there, this and that. You know, he's said it over and over. If you really watch his interviews as a Raider fan, I always do. And he says this over and over. The media takes things I say, and they blow them out of proportion. And that's honestly what I, I feel. I think any little slight that he has to his team and what they're doing, they take it as disrespect, and he wants to be traded. Some people blow up. What uh, Des Bryant blowing up on the sideline. T.O. blowing up on the sideline. Chad Johnson blowing up on the sideline. These guys are just passionate about the game. and And sometimes people like to take that and run with it. Talk about ruining his career, this and that. He wanted to come to Raiders. He took less money to come to the Raiders and play with his boy Derek Carr. But at the same time, if you're an honestly fan, uh, honest fan to yourself, Derek Carr was there nine years, no playoff wins, and was getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars to be a quarterback to get you to the playoffs but not win. That's not good enough. So I wasn't mad at the, the release of Carr. Adam still said he wants to be a Raider. I hear him say it all the time. I just think he's frustrated in where the offense was going and not being able to be the guy. Just throw the ball to me. Throw it. I'm open. Always open, like Chad used to say, 7-Eleven. I'm always open. You know, and um, I just think that really boiled over on Monday night. And when he slammed his helmet, I, I think uh, Mark Davis took that as, as the sign to, to make a change or had to get rid of him. Who you going to keep, Adams or McDaniels? And that's honestly what it came down to. Uh, I think Adams has a lot of say in what the Raiders do from here on out. Uh, I think Mark Davis will go out of his way to make sure his star receiver is happy of, w of what they do. And if they're going to get a quarterback, I'm pretty sure he'll have a say in who they go for. Uh, he's going to be the LeBron James <laughs> of the Raiders now. You know, Mark Davis made it clear, man, this is Devontae Adams' team. If he's unhappy on uh, what's going on here, then I need to make a change. And uh, that's what he did, man. So, you know, Adams has a lot of power in that regard. Um, and, we'll, and we'll see how it goes from, from moving on here. And uh, hopefully hopefully this rookie quarterback can come in and uh, we, we get a good product here because it's been trashed the last two weeks. Losing to a third-string D2 quarterback. And then we lose to 
the Lions, which Jared Groff did play well, but our defense just was playing outstanding to lose that game, man. And and that was the frustration right there, I think, for Adams. And those two deep passes he could have scored on, you know, I, I, that's the camel that broke – that's the straw that broke the camel's back, and that's how it goes, man. But moving on here, we got some more news in the NFL. Uh, we got the 49ers get another pass rusher for a third-round pick. They get Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young has played very well up until this point of his career. Uh, you team him up. You team him up with Nick Bosa, and uh, that's a that's a deadly combination with a with a Niners team that's already high talent, high reward, five and three. Um, but you have lot. They started to slip now. They're starting to slip. Brock Purdy starting to show some chink in the armor, but uh, he's he's still doing his thing. He's still competing. But you know, um, obviously they thought it was a need to go get another pass rusher. Uh, ramp up this defense to really make a run here in the second part of the season. So we'll see how that works out for the Niners. But I, I think that was a good trade to get a star pass rusher for a third-round pick. Uh, most of the time, your third rounds are hit or miss. You go get a star pass rusher for that. To me, that's a good trade. We also had Julio Jones uh, get onto the Eagles, have a have a touchdown. Um, shout out to Julio Jones, man. He's he's been around for a long time. I mean, might not have the burst that he used to, but uh, still a good receiver, still big, still can play in the post position, um, like a tight end. You know, he he's that big. So you know, everyone knows that sideline catch he had in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, man. One time, one of the best receivers in the game, but he can still do it, still doing his thing. So that was good to see. The Giants also had a big trade. They trade Leonard Williams, uh, another defensive lineman. Um, you know what? Leonard Williams is crazy. I know this dude was a high draft pick as well, but it seems he has a couple years somewhere and he's shipped off. So I don't know if if that's him or he doesn't fit the scheme of a lot of teams or what, but that's a little weird that he's like one of those guys. He's like a um, – uh, what's his name that came to the Raiders uh, and – you make the doc way. The doc way. He's another guy that's been like that his whole career too. Two years or a year, and he's moved on. He was only with the Raiders for a year and played very well. And that's another. That was another stupid move that I didn't like. They got rid of Casey Hayward, one of the best corners at the time, and they got rid of the doc way. And they haven't been able to find Max Crosby a tag partner since. They've been trying with these draft picks, Cleveland Farrell, bust. They don't even play there anymore. Um, this guy, Tyree Wilson, he, he's starting to come on a little bit, but he's still so far looking like that injury is hampering him, and we'll, we'll even see if he becomes the guy that the Raiders think he is. Uh, so, the, you know, that, that was a first-round pick for McDaniels and them. So we, we, we got to see, man. We're going to see what, what happens. But to jump back off of that, Leonard Williams gets traded. Um, so, you know, some NBA news. We got Harden traded to the Clippers. This man has pushed his way out of every franchise that he's been to. And uh, he keeps doing it, man. But you know what? He's stacking up the bag. He's chasing the ring. You can honestly say that for James Harden's career now. He He's chasing the ring. And um, we'll, we'll see how he... How he competes with the Clippers, man. If he comes in there and ruins things, 
that sucks because Russell's actually starting to play well again. They got PG and Kawhi being playing again healthy. And, um, you know, it's time, man. It's it's time for the Clippers to put it together. They got the team. They actually got less. Well, they actually got more than what the Toronto Raptors had at the time to win a championship. And uh, they've been pretty disappointing, you know, with the injuries and just not being able to compete. So, you know. That's a big move if James Harden can come and fit in the role and, and, and not stop things there. And uh, that team can be very dangerous along with the Bucks, Of course, the Lakers. Um, but to me, that, that was a great move. That was a great move. Um, so we got to see what, what, uh, what they bring to the table, man. Um, Clippers got the squad now. Uh, so great things coming for the Clippers, I feel. Uh, we'll see how that moves. Dame playing well. Lakers playing well. Basketball's around. Um, of course, right after football, you know, I always try to check for the basketball games, see what's going on. I see Victor. Uh, let me make sure I see his name right here. I got it written down here. Uh, Victor Banyama. Victor Yimbamba. <laughs> Victor Yo Mama. Oh, man, you know. Definitely the definitely looking like the star. Uh so he might break a lot of Spurs records. And you got great Spurs like Tim Duncan, uh David Robinson, um, you know, Ginobili, Parker. You got a lot of great Spurs and that guy might come and, and shatter a lot of those records that those guys have, man. He could do it all. He could pass, he can shoot, he could dunk from the three point line. Uh, dude, range is is just crazy. Um, looks like the Space Jam movie, and hey, this guy's just he he's unreal, man. And and I honestly think him being a little bit slimmer and not so bulky as a seven five man, I believe he is. You know, he's he's uh feel more agile and 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 more uh, limber to do these moves and just do some of the things he's doing. Uh, I don't think anybody's seen this in the NBA. Someone this big. You got to think Yao Ming was 7'6", but very, very, uh, you know, robotic in the movements just for how big he was and the weight that he was carrying around. This guy's running up and down the court, no problem. Like I said, jumping from the three-point three line, dunking it. So uh, we, we, we've never seen athleticism like this with someone with a body like this. In, in all honesty, they're saying he's just a bigger version of KD. I I actually think he's a little more physical than KD being being playing inside a lot at his position. Um, so you know, definitely think this young kid is the future for the NBA, and uh, that's my honest opinion on that. Uh, before we get out of here, man, boxing. Let me get to it. This is the boxing section here for all my boxing fans. Tyson Fury versus Frankis Francis Naduku. <laughs> Naduku. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, man. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. But, you know, uh, this Saturday was the fight. Came on at 2. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't catch it at 2. I had to go back and rewatch it. But I actually got to sit and watch every round, round by round, after hearing a lot of people voice their opinions that they think Francis got robbed. So I went back and watched it, checked it out. Um, in my honest opinion, I don't know if he got robbed. Uh, I think Fury at the end did enough 
sticking and moving to get by on the points. You got to think, he only won by one point. So that was really the difference in the fight. Were they hurting them? Probably not. Do they look good and get you points? They do. That's what boxing is. And uh, when you win on points, that's how it goes. You know, I don't think they're going to take the, the belt from the champ when it's that close. Uh, they're always going to favor the champ. He comes in bringing the most money for everyone there getting paid, including the judges. So, you know, there is a little what the saying is, if you're not the champ, you got to go in there and take it. Um, because you can't leave it in the judges' hands because majority of the time it's not going to go your way if you're not the champ. Um, but I think watching the fight over um, and, and really analyzing it, I think Tyson Fury did enough to skim by. Uh, he did get hurt. I did see that left hook that hit him in the third round, and he he got mowed over, man. He he You definitely could tell that that stunned him, uh, especially him probably not thinking that he'd be knocked down in this fight to a UFC guy. Uh, but Francis likes to box, um, and, and and you could tell he was comfortable with being in the ring. He didn't he didn't look off or goofy in in his movements or his footwork. You know, of course he's he's fighting someone that's been doing it their whole life, and he's transferred to UFC. But he did a great job uh, with 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 competing and fighting. And I honestly think it probably could have been a draw. Um, you know. You know, but if you give him that knockdown over Fury, I understand. You know, that's how, you know, you should win a fight is by knockdowns. And, and he had the knockdown. Fury wasn't able to knock him down. And, um, you know, that was a big moment in that fight that showed, oh, man, this is more serious than what I think Fury took it as. I think Fury came into this fight really underestimating Francis. And, and it backfired on him, man. And then when he felt that left... That left hook right to the top of the head uh, that put him down, he he understood that. Um, and he was getting caught with the straight left and the left hook all night. Watching that fight over those 10 rounds, he was he was connecting with the left a lot on Fury. Fury just looking flabby, sticking and moving, trying to survive. Um, I don't think this was fixed. I actually think this was probably the best one that I've seen when it comes to your UFC guy. And the boxer. Uh, a lot of the Jake Paul ones were cool, but just way different level of skill. Um, you know, uh, he did have a tough fight with Anderson Silva. That was probably the closest boxer that he actually got to before he got to Tommy Fury. So, you know, Logan Paul, I think he doesn't take it as serious. He's not as skilled as Jake is to me. I think Jake is more on the amateur level. Logan Paul's more in it for dope punches and be a celebrity. He's a dope wrestler. I give him that. He's a dope wrestler, but I don't think he takes the boxing as serious as his brother does. So though a lot of those fights I haven't liked. The KSI fights, pretty boring. Just the entertainment leading up to the fight is which we really care for. And, um, you know, that's honest opinion right there. But Francis did good. He looked strong. He looked fit. He knew, he knew that uh, Fury was was taking up lightly, man. And he he came he came to prove a point, and he he did, man. Um, 
I honestly think if he does give uh, Francis a rematch and, and there's a part two, I think Fury comes in a way different fighter than you've seen today, uh, that night. Um, he just, I, I, he took it, he didn't take it seriously. He, he admitted it afterwards as well. He wasn't dieting. He wasn't training like he normally does. And, uh, he took his opponent lightly and you never should do that. Especially a guy that has the hardest punch in UFC. Um, <clears throat> there's always that puncher's chance and I was completely wrong on a situation. I really thought Tyson Fury would go in there and have his way with Francis, but it was the complete opposite. They fought to the very end. I think, like I said, Fury did just enough to skate by. If he gave it a draw, I agree with that too. But uh, we'll see what happens next. I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that they have a lot of money lined up. Give me a second here. They got a lot of money lined up. And that Fury Uzlek fight that they couldn't let this one go. They couldn't let Francis Lee with that dub and fuck up that money and promotion. Uh, <clears throat> that's how boxing works, though, man. That's how boxing works. And I like to see Canelo and a lot of those guys complaining that he got robbed. But it's funny when Canelo robbed Triple G or they even see the Lara fight. He escaped out of there, too. Uh, we we hear him say a different tune. Um, so some of these some of these fighters do get the better benefit of being the promoter and promotions of the fight. And and that's the thing that's killing the sport of boxing, man, is just the politics that go into it. Um, it's a part of the sport. The mafia's been a part of the sport. People take dives. Uh, Things do get rigged, and, and I think it's hard for fans to be invested into a sport like that. Um, corruption and and a lot of bad things for money go on in the sport of boxing, where people people's lives are put in danger, you know, getting punched in the face, punched in the body, liver. Um, and it, it's a sad thing that's killing the sport. I think Fury did enough to skate by. But it was a tough fight, and uh, that was the best one I've seen with a UFC guy and a boxer. Because James Tony almost, well, James Tony, I think I, he did have a UFC fight. Yep, James Tony, and um, that didn't go well. That didn't go well for him either. So this was the best one. I think Fury skated out of there, and uh, great fight boxing. We need to do better. They need to do better. This is what I think. Before I get out of here, I want to say this. Boxing should ch change over to having judges that actually boxed. Why is why is some old white whatever color, why some old person that probably never fought in their life or got a ring into the ring in their life to ever box anybody judging a fight and not real boxers that can't be bought, that can't be swayed. They're just in it to do a job and get paid. You know, they've already made millions in boxing. So can't be bought, can't be swayed. That's what they should do. This was another episode of the Shiesty Show. I'm your host, Matt, and we out.